welcome to everyone this evening. And if you're a guest tonight, we are thrilled to have you in service with us. If you are watching us online tonight, we welcome you as a part of this service as well. Pray that you are touched and blessed by the presence of God that is in this place this evening. Would you stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord? I will be reading from Genesis chapter 5 and beginning with verse 22, Genesis 5 and 22. And I I feel like this is, um, I think this would be the way to best say it. I feel like tonight is kind of a sort of a P.S., to the last five weeks, and what a what an amazing five weeks we have had. We have had powerful moves of the Holy Ghost, starting from the first night we launched Engage. We've had great videos on Tuesdays, great message by Brother Woodward on Wednesdays, and just all of the different stuff. And of course, last Sunday, Brother Green and I'm ministry to us that the Lord did through him so timely and um, so I, I feel like I have something that's that's sort of uh, um, again I guess I think you just describe it as kind of a uh, the the PS or a PS just kind of a, yeah that so also sorry I um, meant to say it's very wonderful to have my niece Samantha Breckenridge in town this weekend. Most of you know she's been a part of us and her and Nathan moved to Minnesota. We forgave them for that, but it's good to have her with us this weekend. Amen. Genesis 5, 22. Genesis 5, 1 and 5, 22. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. So he was 65 when Methuselah was born and lived 300 more years. Verse number 24, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I think in some ways this is one of the most profound verses in the entire Bible. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I, uh, famous last words, I don't really expect to shout and holler and whatever this evening. If that happens, so be it. But I, I want to preach, talk to you for a little bit this evening on this subject from emotion to devotion. From emotion to to devotion. Father, thank you so much for your presence, your wonderful presence we have felt. Thank you for how you 
responded to our worship, the way in which you have already ministered in this place tonight. I pray, God, that you would now continue the ministry of your spirit through your word. God, that you would speak to us a certain sound, a certain word from you. I trust you tonight, God, that you will allow me to deliver a rhema from you, a word from you for this service, for this congregation where we are in this season and where you are taking us, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, trust you and believe you for your anointing tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I will tell you where this thought really started for me. It was actually last Sunday afternoon. We had gone to lunch with the Greens, not only for food, but some fellowship. And we were sitting and talking, and you would never in a million years be able to guess where we were sitting and talking and eating lunch um, that day. But... Yeah, same place we ate lunch today. Same place I ate dinner with a couple of guys on Friday. <laughs> I don't, my family, that we went there yesterday, I'm like, there's more than one thing on the menu. I don't understand. You can get multiple things, so it's different meals, but anyway. And I don't remember really what brought it up, what what caused him to say it, but but Brother Green made some statements, and he kind of used the example of youth, and this is not intended to be anything, uh, 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 an insult to the youth, because when I was a teenager, the same thing happened. But I think a lot of young people in the church tend to live from event to event. I don't think that's the only reason that we have things scattered throughout the year for the district, but there's probably a little bit of reason why. Is because you get fired up and motivated and excited and, and, and you live off of that for a little while and hopefully you have enough to sustain you until the next time where you get a fresh shot of emotion. But the bottom line is, at some point in our relationship with God and ministry as a, as a body, we've got to get beyond emotion. There's nothing wrong with emotion. God created us as emotional human beings. There is nothing wrong with emotion. There's nothing wrong with an emotional church service. I'd rather be in an emotional church service than a dead church service. <laughs> But emotion can't be what we live for and what motivates us. It's got to be more than that because emotion will not sustain you. To all of you lovebirds that are dreaming of getting married, you are engaged or dating, and those of you that are not yet but are dreaming of it, there are lots of emotions that go with marriage. We have a, 
We have a, a tool that we use. Many folks here have done it. It's called Prepare and Enrich, and it's a, it's a tool that we use. My wife and I use it for premarital counseling. We've actually used it for, uh, marriage counseling as well. But one of the, one of the questions in this assessment is, do you think that the romantic love you feel for your partner will last throughout your whole relationship? And I just always get a chuckle. It's a, it's a one is, and this is for all the answers. One is agree. To, or one is strongly agree, uh, agree, undecided, disagree, strongly disagree. And I always just get a nice little chuckle when I read they agree or strongly agree. That the romantic feelings they have for each other will always be the same, always be there. Oh, boy. I think it's the title of a book. Love is a decision. It's not an emotion. Yes, there are emotions that can go with love, but love is not based on emotion. I, I, I remember feeling emotions getting engaged. I remember feeling emotions when we got married, and they were all lovely and wonderful, but that's not why we're almost at 29 years. The reason we're at 29 years is because we went past emotion and got to devotion. The word emotion means this, according to the Oxford Dictionary, a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. Emotions are, in essence, reactionary. There is something that causes the emotion, good or bad. Whether it's something that's causing anger or something that's causing joy and happiness, the, the emotion is a reaction. Well, if everything's going great and all kinds of wonderful things happen, then you can go from good emotion to good emotion. But what do you do when... There's just nothing happening. And there's no emotion to keep you going. What do you do then? The word devotion, according to dictionary.com, means profound dedication, earnest attachment to a cause, person, etc., Webster says devotion is the fact or state of being ardently dedicated and loyal. Ardently dedicated and loyal. Devotion is more about a decision. Devotion is more about me making up my mind. I I know what to do. I know what I need to do. I, I know the, the things I need to involve myself in, commit myself to, to get to where I am trying to go, where God wants me to go. I believe that there's great value at the conclusion of a message when God is spoken and ministered. I, I believe there's great value. Some would argue it's just tradition. Uh, whatever, I think there's great value to an appeal for people to come and pray because there are some things that can happen in that moment as you allow the word that has been spoken to now really get down into your spirit. 
But I will tell you, I do think there are some times that we do not really get the full impact because we will have an emotional response to what is preached and we will go through the motions of that feeling really great but not really make up our mind. What am I going to do when I leave here? What is going to be my commitment? What am I going to uh, earnestly attach myself to? Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. The name Enoch, according to Hitchcock's Bible dictionary, means dedicated, disciplined. You see, I acknowledge the pitfall of the last five weeks is you can get dependent and rely upon what's being provided. In a season, in a certain time, there's nothing wrong with that. But if all you did the last four weeks was get addicted to scriptures on Monday, a video on Tuesday, a message on Wednesday, a song on Thursday, whatever on Friday, and another devotion on Saturday. If that's all you've done, I promise you, you may be still living a little bit off of that emotion, but it's not going to last. But if you and I can make up our minds, we are not just going to respond with a flurry of emotion to some wonderful little thing that may come and go, but we're going to make up our minds that we're going to be like Enoch now that I'm not going to get any scriptures tomorrow and I'm not going to get a video on Tuesday I'm just simply going to walk with God I'm just simply going to dedicate myself and discipline myself to learn how to walk with God because the bottom line is if you've got the Holy Ghost you shouldn't have to rely upon a video you shouldn't have to rely upon an email you shouldn't have to rely upon a link for some message you ought to be able to know to get your nose in this book and let God talk to you let God speak to you let God quicken things to you that you need we need all of the other there's a place for all of the other all of that's exciting it's wonderful I I, I love to preach not doesn't matter whether or not I'm a good one or not. I just, that's, that's what, part of what I do. But pretty close to that, I love to listen to preaching, especially live. I mean, I listen lots of times to recordings and videos online, but man, I, 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 it, it wouldn't have bothered me the least bit if Brother Green was here tonight preaching and I could be right back down there just listening. But I believe the Holy Ghost not only has done some amazing things in the last several weeks, but is wanting you and I to remain engaged, but not engaged with an emotion. Engaged with devotion. Enoch just did one simple thing. He walked with God. He didn't run. He didn't sprint. He just simply walked with God. I think it's no coincidence, in my opinion, that Enoch lived 365 
years. I don't think it's a coincidence that there's 365 days in a year. I think what, I think part of what was demonstrated by that was he so thoroughly, faithfully walked with God day after day that when he hit the 365 year mark, God said, you've done it really well and you've done it enough and you've done just what I wanted you to do. So rather than you going out of here the same way everybody else does, I'm just going to pick you right out of here. I told y'all I wasn't going to get fired up. He just walked with God. If I, let me give the, let me give, we got somebody training up there. We're going to get them, put them to work here. I promise you, I I think, I think, I think, Josh, I'm not going to gamble. I don't gamble, period, but I definitely wouldn't gamble. I think I could possibly run a sprint around this auditorium and get back in the front and not be panting. I'm pretty sure. I think I could do that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could do that. What are we eating? I need some snacks. You got some snacks for me? <laughs> I I might, I think I probably could make it a couple times around sprinting and panting. <laughs> As the heart panteth after, see that's spiritual. You're not out of shape, it's spiritual. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. It has nothing to do with my stamina. It's my hunger and desire. I know I could do it a couple of times. But you know what I can do? I am confident. In fact, I'm pretty confident I could spend hours. Hours, Brother Lewis doing what I'm doing right now, and my heart rate, my breathing rate not change one single bit. Let me show you how some of you live. Then the next move comes along. Woo! Brother Mike, I'm gonna, Brother Mike, I want to be a part. What can I do? Get me involved in CMI. Where can I go? What can I do? You can do one thing. Just walk. Just walk. Oh, everybody wants to run because, man, I mean, running's a lot more impressive than just walking. The problem is some of, some of you are so worried about running, you don't ever do anything. You spend a lot of time talking about it, but you don't do a whole lot. I am, I, this is Sunday night, so I wouldn't say this Sunday morning. If I did, I'd say it much sweeter than Sunday night, so. I am sick and tired of sitting around listening to everybody telling all about all they want to do for God. Talking a really great talk. As they do nothing. While others. Just walk. They're not responding out of emotion. They're devoted. They're walking. There are men in Scripture who seem to have done way more impressive things than Enoch. 
There are men that from what they did, what they accomplished, I think you would say they were a greater man than Enoch. And yet all of them died natural death. They weren't translated. I'm not mistaken, not counting Jesus, transfiguration, whatever, ascending. There were two people. Only two people in all of the Bible. Enoch and Elijah were caught up into the heavens. And Enoch's was simply the fact he walked. See, the bottom line is there are some of you, I am confident, that you have taken full advantage of the last couple of weeks. You've, you've watched videos, you've read scriptures, you've prayed, you've done it all. But the bottom line for you was it was just something that was an addition to your already walking. I hope there's some of you maybe that haven't been doing a whole lot in the last several weeks have inspired you. But now that it's over, it's not time to sit down and do nothing. It's time to stay engaged and devoted to where it is God is sending you. Because again, the ultimate goal that we're looking for here is not what happens in this room right here. But what we are ultimately looking for is what God is doing through every one of you who are simply walking faithfully out there let me, let me show you a couple of examples of to me responses out of emotion rather than devotion in Matthew 19 and verse number 16 it says this and behold one came and said unto him good master what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life and he said unto him why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is God but if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments he saith unto him which Jesus said thou shalt do no murder thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness honor thy father and thy mother and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself the young man saith unto him all these things have I kept from my youth up what lack I yet Jesus said unto him if you're going to be perfect if you're going to be complete go and sell that thou hast And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And if I could say it this way, verse 22, he had an emotional reaction to what Jesus said. Because when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. If Jesus would have responded with a pat on the back and said, man, you, you've got it, you've done it. He would have been ready to go. So I want you to do one more thing. I want you to take everything you've got and sell it and give it away. I am of the opinion, hear me please, the opinion. I'm not saying this is, this is doctrine. I am of the opinion that if this man would have responded to Jesus in that moment and said, give me a few days, Lord. I'm going to go do exactly what you said. I believe that the Lord would have said, stop. I just needed to know. 
Because that's what he did with Abraham. Go up to the mountain, sacrifice your son. And he gets up there and he puts Isaac on the altar and he pulls the knife back and he's getting ready to sacrifice his son. And the voice says, hold on. Now I know. Do you know how many people thought they were about to lose everything because that's what God was asking and they walked away and didn't know that they were just a step away? That when you prove your hunger and desire, when you prove your devotion, the response was going to be, okay, now I know. You can keep it. I just needed to know you were committed. I just needed to know this wasn't based on how well you felt today. It must. This, again, it's, I remind you, it's Sunday night, and I know we got some guests, but... Sunday night, so Sunday mornings usually, not always, but usually a little sweeter. I got it, it must be, <laughs> it must be nice to pick and choose when you come to church based on whether or not you're tired. I don't know, I don't know what that's like. Must must be nice when you stub your toe. To, I, I understand. There's there's times there's legit. Don't 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 get don't get all whatever. Don't get all emotional on me. I mean, I it, it, I, I chuckle sometimes. People, how I, I'm gonna be? I'm just really tired. I'm like, you know what? Me too. Or you get paid to do it. I'm, sometimes I don't feel like I get paid enough to do it. I'm just going to tell you, no offense. <laughs> if you're ever going to get to where God is trying to take you, not only in his, not only in your relationship with him, but in your calling, if you're ever going to get there, you're going to have to make up your mind. It's pouring down rain outside. I'm going to keep walking. There's storms going on around me. I'm just going to keep walking. There's adversity in my life. I'm just going to keep walking. Everything's now going wonderful in my life. I'm just going to keep walking. God's pouring out His blessings in my life. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm not going to walk away sorrowful out of an emotional response to what God is asking of me. Here's another one, Matthew 13 and 20. I'm going to read it just from the Living Bible for the sake of time. This is the parable of the, of the seed and the four kinds of ground. And it says, The shallow, rocky soil represents the heart of a man who hears the message and receives it with real joy. But he doesn't have much depth in his life, and the seeds don't root very deeply. And after a while, when trouble comes or persecution begins because of his beliefs, his enthusiasm fades and he drops out. I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we can assist people in an emotional response to the presence of God that may not quite know really what's going on and what they're doing, but the power of God is so strong and the 
presence of God is so real that there's something inside of them that's reaching out for that. And so sometimes they experience something they really weren't quite prepared to experience. There's a wonderful emotional response, but nothing takes root. Nothing takes hold, so when the adversity comes, you just keep walking. I want you to, I want you to see this, one more kind of example here. John chapter 6. The very first part of John chapter 6 is, it's the story where the multitude is gathered around Jesus. He's been teaching and the disciples come to him and they say, Lord, we we need you to send them away. They're hungry. uh, They need to eat. We don't have anything to give them. Send them away. And he responds and he says, uh, uh, what do you have? They say, well, there's there's a boy here that's got a lunch. He's got five rolls and uh the the king james says loaves but they weren't really loaves they were more like rolls five loaves and two small fishes the lord says bring it to me and he takes it and he blesses it and breaks it and then the disciples began to distribute that the bible says five thousand but most people most bible scholars believe it was way more than five thousand because five thousand was the number of men and i'm pretty sure there was women and children there and knowing jesus he would not have fed the men and left the women and children hungry In fact, I've heard some estimate as many as 20,000 people were fed that day. But let's just stick with the 5,000. I mean, I don't know about you, feeding 5,000 people with three pieces of bread and two fish is a miracle. I'm not sure that 20,000 is a greater miracle. It's a miracle. Not only did he feed them, but the Bible says they ate until they were full. He didn't give them a snack. They ate until they were full. Not only did they eat until they were full, they then collected up 12 baskets full. 12 baskets of leftovers. You imagine some of the the conversations that night those guys were having. Man, can you, but was that amazing or what? Did you, he took three pieces of bread and two fish and from just, I mean, what would you think if I walked in here tonight with a Happy Meal from McDonald's? And I said to y'all, we are about to eat. We'd have to do about like communion crackers and break that stuff into so many pieces. You may, all you might get is a little crumb of bread. Sometimes I'm better off eating nothing than I am just a little bite. Because a bite just makes me mad I don't have more. Can you imagine the excitement? Man, that was a man. We've never seen anything like that. I mean, I, hey, man, every time I looked down, there was more in my basket to get. Yeah, I know. Can you? And then when we got done, there was still. Can you believe that? And they go from that, and a couple of verses later, they're out in the ship on the Sea of Galilee, and, and, and there's a storm going on, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking on the water. Gets in the boat. When he gets in the boat, the, the storm ceases, and, 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 uh, and the Scripture says that immediately they were at the other, the other side. 
I bet you there was some stuff to talk about that one for a few days. Man, oh, ooh, yeah, and wow, boy, shoo, yeah, boy, I can't, how about this, I can't wait to see the next thing he does. Okay, Brother Wright, engage was good, now what are we doing next? Okay, Brother Wright, Brother Green was good, but who's coming next? Because I don't know how long I'm going to be able to make it on that. I, I need something else. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on a gradual crash. And so I'm going to need another injection to keep me going. So what are we doing next? I tell you what we're going to do right now. This is what we're going to do right now. And that doesn't mean we're not doing anything. It just means we're taking what the Lord has said and done for the last five weeks and putting it into practice not based on any Motion, but based on dedication and commitment that if every one of us will just simply faithfully walk with God, do what God is instructing us to do, go where God is trying to take us, then the promises that God has given us and the things that God is doing are going to come to pass if we will just faithfully walk. Now, 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 boy, I mean, that's the first part of John 6. Woo, what some great stuff. Now, all of a sudden, he tells them tells in verse 31, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us bread and, and this bread. And Jesus saith unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, we, we've gone from multiplying five loaves and two fishes, feeding a multitude of people watching Jesus walk on the water, get in the boat immediately on the other side to now this. And I don't think immediately, but I think there was something that started, some of them started to go, wait a minute. Can we go back to talking about those miracles? Can we go back to talking about all the awesome, exciting things that we've been a part of, that we've seen Jesus do? And, and, and then verse 53, he comes back and says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Whoa! Where in the world did the loaves and fishes go? Where did being transported from a storm to the other side of the sea in an instant, what happened to that? Tell you what happened to that. You can't live off of that. You're not intended to survive off of that. You got to survive off the bread. And you got to learn sometimes how to get your own bread. I think we ought to we ought to do something joint project. Let's all set a couple of weeks, months span where we agree that all we're going to do each week is eat on Sunday and Thursday. I mean literally physically eat. And Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday 
you're not going to eat. And Friday and Saturday, you're not going to eat. I don't think I'm going to get any takers. And I'm also pretty sure that's not going to be very healthy. Someone please explain to me. If you are not willing physically to eat Sunday and Thursday and skip all the rest, why do you starve your spiritual man? Why is it that some of you only feed your spiritual man on Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday he's got to do without and survive on what he got Sunday and hope that they say something good enough on Thursday to feed me because I need that to get me back to Sunday. no coincidence that when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they are in the wilderness and God provided them something to eat, he gave them enough for each day. Each day you go gather enough for today. How many of you have prayed today? I don't care if it was just for your food, so everybody ought to be able to raise their hand. How many of you pray? How many of you prayed more than just for your food today? Pretty much have tonight. If you've been here, you pray. I got I got bad news for you. Today's prayers are not good enough for tomorrow. Oh, I believe today's prayers can impact tomorrow. I believe God has heard things and done things in this place today that, yes, we will be benefited by them tomorrow, but we can't just go through tomorrow going, you know what, it's Monday, it's Monday. I don't know about what Monday's like for you, but I'm going to tell you, Monday is usually a rough day. And it'd be very easy to get up tomorrow and go, well, man, we we were in church two times yesterday. Surely that's enough prayer yesterday to get me through today. No, you may have walked yesterday, but you got to keep walking every day. Now watch this, watch this. Verse 66, same chapter, multiplied bread, fish, feed 5,000, walks on water, gets in the boat, wind stops, suddenly on the other side. But then he starts saying some things that if they're responding out of emotion, we got trouble. And this verse shows Some were responding out of emotion because from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Not the multitude, not the crowd, disciples, no, not the 12 disciples, but people that had been around him long enough, followed him long enough. They were classified as disciples. But now emotion doesn't say, what's the next thing? What's the next miracle? What's the next thing he's going to do that's going to give us excitement? Now emotion says, oh, I'm out of here. It's not what I signed up for. And so then Jesus says to the twelve, will you go also? 
Simon Peter answered, here's devotion. This isn't emotion, this is devotion. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? I didn't mean to read all that part, sorry. We're we're not responding out of our emotion, Lord. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. We had Brother Hurt here last summer, and I, we and I have been talking about him coming back. This isn't about Brother Hurt, so listen to me. Boy, we had, we have, after a couple of weeks of Brother Hurt being, we had people coming out of the woodwork. I mean, we had people showing up left and right. People haven't been to church in forever, not just because of COVID. Showing up, coming to church. Why? Well, my thoughts is, what are you saying, Brother Wright? What I'm saying is they were coming to get a word. They were coming to be prophesied to. That's what my thoughts is. Yeah, and this isn't about Brother Hurt. Brother, we, we can announce Brother Shelton. Brother Shelton's another. We can announce Brother Shelton's coming. He came a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago on a Saturday morning. People I haven't seen in months. Months. People ain't been in church in months because of COVID. Showed up on that Saturday morning. I wish I was making that up. I'm not mad because I prayed through before I came. I prayed through before I came because I knew what I would see. But you know what? God's not interested in those that are chasing the next emotional experience. God is looking around. I just need somebody who I can trust that on good days and bad days, that if they're on the mountaintop or if they're in the deepest valley, I know where they're going to be. I know they're just going to keep walking because I know their commitment to me is not based on an emotional high, but they've made up their mind. They are going to walk with me day by day. Let me give you a couple examples. I don't expect to be much longer, but let me give you a couple of other examples of, to me, what looks like devotion rather than emotion. Job in Job 23, in the middle of all of his stuff, Job says in verse 8, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him but he knows the way that I take 
And when he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Said I, I tried to, I needed to find him. I was desperate to find him. But every place I looked, I couldn't find him. The one that always really gets me is he says, I, I looked on the left hand where he was working. I've had times where I've seen where God was working and I tried to get right there by it. Thinking maybe I'll get something. And I don't get anything. What do you do in that moment? Do you have an emotional response and panic and go into depression and start wondering where God is? And and, and has God forsaken me? Has God abandoned me? Or do you do like Job says? And I may not be able to find him, but here's the first and foremost important thing. I can't find him, but he knows where I am. And since he knows where I am, I'm just going to hang on to his words. And I'm just going to keep walking and doing what I know to do. And if I will just be faithful to do that, then at the end I can experience what Job experienced and be able to say I heard of him with my ear before all of this I heard about him but now I've seen him with my own eye if you want to get to that place where you see God for yourself where God does things for you in your life personally that you've heard he's done for others it's going to take some faithful daily walking and when you do that you can rest assured there's going to be some times where God is going to show up and you're going to have a wonderful emotional response but when the emotion is subsided McGurk's were Sister McGurk were with us on Monday evening some with the, the, the Greens and and um, Sister Green was asking Brother Mike McGurk about his involvement in campus ministry and um, I don't really have time to give the context or, 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 or whatever behind what she said and how she said it, but she, she basically asked him a question along these lines. Well, are, are, you, I mean, are you doing campus ministries just because just that's the job you were given to do? She didn't mean anything negative by it at all. I completely understood the context of her question. She wasn't, are you, are you just involved in campus ministry just because that's what, you know, you, they, they've assigned you to do? He responded. This was his response. No. I expect to be involved in campus ministry for a long time. Why? You know how Brother McGurk got to the place he is right now? Because you know what? I watched, I watched, I watched that summer at youth camp. Remember what year that was offhand? 2008. I watched in 2008 in Virginia, correct? I watched that week as God worked Brother McGurk over, got a hold of his life. And Can I be transparent? I'll be transparent now that we are, uh, what, 14 years, 13 years down the road and I left there going, oh, God, please, 
please don't let that be another one of those youth camp emotional highs that lasts for a week or maybe a few days after the week. God, please. Well, it's a long time ago since 2008. There may have been, you see, I don't think there's necessarily wrong with an emotional response as the first thing. As long as you don't become an emotional junkie. I may have some responses that are initially emotional. But if I'll go beyond the emotion and dig down some roots into the, into the depths of the, sto- of the soil, it's going to produce some things that cause it to be something that's sustainable and not just an instant flash in the pan. You put somebody else on the hot seat here tonight. I was talking to Brother Jacob K. last week. told him, he said, you got anything you, th- you think you should tell me? Need? I said, oh, yeah, I think I got one thing. Said, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. There's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some, some folks these last couple of months, last eight or nine months, some, some young adults, the hunger and the passion that they have for God is amazing. But it's not about running the 50-yard dash and you're done. I sprinted for 50 yards with everything in me. Oh, I'm finished. No, no. Just faithfully walking, devoted and committed to what God has called you and is calling you to. Paul says it this way in Romans 2 and 6. Who will render, God will render to every man according to his deeds. Now watch this, verse 7. To them who by patient continuance, patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. The Amplified says, to those who by patient persistence in well-doing, springing from piety, seek unseen but sure glory and honor and the eternal blessedness of immortality, he will give eternal life. Patient continuance. Patient continuance. There's an old song that says, it's not the one who runs the swiftest nor the one who shines for a day, but the one who endures to the end. He shall be saved. There's some precious saints in this sanctuary tonight that I could call the names of. They've been around here 40 plus years. And you know what? There's some people that at different times in their walk with God blew right by them. I mean, it was just like the flash. I never watched it. I just heard about it. Honestly, actually, I haven't. I just know the gist. I just don't want to offend anybody. Some of you are like, cool, I like that. I get that. Others are like, oh, my God, did you hear what he just used? And no, I didn't mean that as a euphemism either. <laughs> 
It's that old tortoise in the hare. Because those precious saints of God just kept their pace. I knew it, but there was something just about hearing it the other day that Brother and Sister Glandon been a part of this church since 1978. You know how many literally thousands of people have come through the doors of Antioch, the Apostolic Church, since 1978? Some that came and stuck around for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe even a couple of years. But while there's some that burst onto the scene and were the next great thing, I think the term in sports is called a draft bust. It's where a team picks a player. They've had an amazing college career. And they pick a player with hopes that they're going to have an outstanding professional career. And they end up not having the ability to do it on the next level. But then there's a lot of people that just seem to be average. But they just knew how to faithfully, consistently do what they were supposed to do. Hebrews 10.35, last verse, last verse says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Don't, don't, don't give up. Just because what you've been believing for God to do hasn't quite happened yet. Don't give up. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Because there is a reward that's coming if you will keep walking in the confidence in who God is. In what God has promised that He's going to do. Don't go to that next verse quite yet. I'll tell you when, please. I want you to watch this next verse. Some of you know what it is already. Some of you got your Bibles off and you're already cheating and looking. Especially when I told them not to go there. Oh, wait a minute. Let me see. But I want you to watch the thing that, that, that is getting ready to be said that is needed in this next verse is way more in the category of devotion than it is emotion. Faith, which faith is so critical. We, faith, we can't make it without faith. You can't even come to God without faith. You've got to have faith. You don't have to have a lot of faith, but you've got to have faith. But faith can be a very emotional thing, good or bad. It's an, a wonderful emotional thing when you're praying and believing and God answers and does what you're believing for, but it also can be a difficult thing when you're believing and trusting and God doesn't do. So watch what it says. You have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Say it this way. After engage, you have need of patience. That you might receive the promises. But you see, patience there, if it was what we sort of think as patience as, it would be wonderful. Because what we think of patience as is okay. 
We've done our part. We are patiently waiting. When's God going to do it? When's it going to happen? What are you doing? I'm, I'm exercising patience. No, because as many of you know, that word patience is not about sitting, waiting with a smile on your face. That word patience really means endurance. In fact, one of the definitions of that word patience means to stay under. Stay under. Stay under my faith. Stay under my trust. Stay under the calling that I feel on my life. I'm, I'm not going to simply go off in a different direction because it hasn't happened yet. I am going to stay under. I'm going to endure. I, uh, what a, again, what a great Sunday we had last Sunday. Both messages, Sunday morning and Sunday night, were timely and clear words to us as a congregation. And Brother Green was with us 2019 on a Sunday, and I felt in 2019 there was a connection with him here. And, and, and then this weekend, this past weekend, felt it again. And so uh, I, 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 I felt even before he came that, you know, I, he's... Not sure what exactly his schedule is, what he's doing, what's going on. And, and, and I felt like talking to him about maybe coming back, coming back quickly and, and maybe coming for a while, coming for several weeks. Really, really believe I, I, I thought I felt that. We talked about it and he said, I'll, I'll pray about it. And I believe he meant it sincerely. He wasn't just brushing me off. But I, but I have to tell you something I've been pondering this week. Because it's not necessarily the first time I thought I felt something like that. And try, you know, Obviously, we had Brother Hurt here for a number of weeks. But in the context of this message that I feel like God gave me for tonight, I'm kind of wondering if maybe... Not by any stretch. I don't think it's the primary motive. But I wonder if there's a part of me that's trying to find the next. We got to keep this going. I mean, we can't just have you coming Sunday night after Sunday night and hearing me. And we we got to. I wonder maybe if God's trying to tell us something as a congregation. We need to stop looking for the next emotional inspiration. We need to stop looking for the next man and woman of God that's going to come through and we're going to run and dance and scream and holler and there's a time and place for all of that. But rather than waiting for the next one and surviving till the next one, we're just simply going to make up our minds. You know what? I know what to do. I know some things that I can be doing. I I know the steps that I can be taking. And so I'm not just going to wait on the next burst of energy. I'm not just going to wait on the next exciting thing to get me moving again. But I am going to walk with with God I want you to stand Brother Jalen Malk shared something with me earlier in the week and I'm just I'm going to read just one 
paragraph of something he shared. This was in the context of some other things, but he says this. I don't know if there's necessarily more for us to do or make available to the congregation to prolong this season, this season of Engage. I believe through the prayer nights, the prayer groups, the Thursday teaching, the Sunday services, the life courses, the Sunday street evangelism, the various areas and opportunities of ministry, the church has been given everything they need to engage the promises that God has for each and every one of us. But just like Israel, it requires a daily decision and consecration to be led by the presence, to walk in His purpose, and to experience His power. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that's willing to say, God, not here for emotion. Thank you for emotion. I appreciate emotion. I'll take emotion when it comes. But God, I'm not going to live on emotion. I'm going to live on devotion. I'm going to live on a solid, steady dedication and commitment. I wasn't really intending necessarily to do this, even though it's probably kind of expected. But I wonder if some of you would be willing just to come walk down to this altar, not kneel, not bow. Just just lift your hands to the Lord as a statement to the Lord, as a commitment to say, God... I want devotion. I want my life to be a life of devotion. I don't want my life to be living off of emotion. I don't want to live off of emotion. I I don't want to live off of one spiritual high to the next. I'm not just living off of waiting for call to war to come. I'm not just living off of waiting for pause to come. I'm not just living off of the great next event that's going to happen. God, I am going to faithfully, consistently walk with you. God, I believe if we will just do that, you're going to take us to the places you've promised us. If we will just make up our minds to be devoted to you, God, you're going to lead us into the fulfillment of the promises that you've given us as a body collectively and as individuals, God, if we will just faithfully walk with you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Nothing wrong with youth convention, nothing wrong with youth camp, nothing wrong with youth congress, nothing wrong with any of those things as long as we're not making them what we are living for, living from. Nothing wrong with them providing some fresh inspiration, fresh motivation, fresh dedication. Nothing wrong with any of that. We just can't learn to live off of that. We've got to learn to live off of a faithful, consistent, dedicated walk. He's not asking you to run. He's not trying to force you to run all the time. 
there may be a few times you run here and there, but but all he's asking is what all of you can do, and that's just this walk. Daily, daily, daily. I don't want to live based off of emotion, Lord. I don't want to live based off of emotion. I don't want my relationship with you to be dependent upon emotion. I don't want my ministry, God, to be dependent upon emotion. I don't want to cast away my confidence because my emotions say nothing's working. I I don't want to cast away my confidence because my emotions tell me nothing's going to happen. I want devotion to cause me to hang on, to hold on to your word, to hold on to the promises of your word, that we, if we will not be weary in well-doing, we will reap in due season if we don't give up. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, bless us. Bless us with that consistency that Enoch found. Bless us with that consistent daily commitment that Enoch developed in his life where every day, not just Sunday and Thursday, not just during special times of focus, but every single day, 365 days a year, we're going to walk with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Halaboko shatarabakaya. Karamando Robo I don't want to drag this out just to drag it out, but let's not do the very thing I preached about. Just simply have a quick emotional response. Let it be deeper than that. Let what God does in you in this moment be deeper than the emotion of the moment. Let it be that deepening of your commitment, your dedication, your determination. I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. I'm going to be available to you to send me where you want me to go, to do through me what you want to do. And I'm just going to be faithful to walk. In 
the name of Jesus. I don't want to just run for a couple of days. I don't want to just have some bursts of activity every now and then. I want to faithfully, consistently walk with you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just a moment ago, standing over here in the altar, um, the Lord reminded me of the promise we have to see 100,000 people in our county saved. And um, a few years ago, he also reminded me that a few years ago, um, the Lord gave Brother Mott a confirming word to that, and it was added, too, that that prophecy was not going to be fulfilled with waves of people getting the Holy Ghost 1,000 or even 100 at a time, but it was going to be fulfilled day by day, one Bible study at a time, one touch at a time, one ministry moment at a time, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, doing what God has called us to do with, an, with no emotion, with, without the fanfare following and faithfully obeying what God is leading us to do, that promise will be fulfilled. So don't be discouraged if you don't win a soul today. But if you plant a seed today, that is what you were supposed to do today. And tomorrow, if the Lord tells you, tell somebody about Acts chapter 1 verse 6 or whatever. You obey each and every day. It's not about the emotional fanfare. It's about obeying each day. If the Lord, if you wake up tomorrow and the Lord says fast today, fast tomorrow. It's not about the 40-day fast or the 21-day fast or the emotion of, of praying eight hours in a day or 24 hours in a day. It's about engaging with the Lord moment by moment, day by day. The scripture says in, in the book of Matthew, that sufficient unto the day is the trouble thereof. We can only get through this day. Only this day. One day at a time. Praise God. Would you just lift your hands? Just another moment. Just allow the Spirit and the Word to just settle in our hearts. Let it be sealed in our spirits, Lord. the word and the service seal it in our hearts and lives Father in the name of Jesus hallelujah 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 in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. 
God bless you if you're praying and feel you need to continue to welcome you're welcome to otherwise if you're ready to go or done with praying you're dismissed in Jesus name